We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. They haven't won a World Series in a century or so. So what? They're here. Every April, they're here. The 105 or 705, there is a game. If it gets rained out, guess what? They make it up to you. Does anyone else in your life do that? It's time for Hit and Run. Don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascists. Throw some ground balls. It's more democratic. Cubs and White Sox conversation every Sunday morning till Cubs first pitch. Any bet against my Sox this series is a sucker bet. Of course, I'm not a gambling man. Hosted by Matt Spiegel. I want the absolute truth here. Are you 100%? Yeah, well, I about something like that. You better. You want to make this team. Connecting with you, the baseball fan. There's no crying in baseball. No crying. Hit and run on Sports Radio 670 The Score, 670thescore.com, and the Radio.com app. Hi, folks. Time for Twib Notes from around the American and National League. It's not a very good Mel Allen, but I try. Good morning. It is Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Stealing the This Week in Baseball music. And I've not been sued yet. So it's lovely. Thank you to Jason Benetti for a really fun, interesting, and then emotional first hour. How dare you talk realness to me, Benetti? I guess I was talking realness to him. But he is the goods. If you fell asleep last night, it's understandable. If you stayed up, well, more power to you. I didn't, but I watched the condensed game this morning, and we can discuss right now the fact that the Chicago Cubs have lost seven of nine, seven games out of nine. The Brewers won a very bizarre game, 12 to 10 last night. Brandon Woodruff, who'd been terrific, got destroyed and blew a five, nothing lead, but the Brewers hang on and win a couple of homers for what's his name. Oh yeah. Christian Yelich. He's good. So the Cubs are in second place. They're half game out of Milwaukee. Frankly, it's been kind of a miracle that they've still been in first place over these past nine games as they've been losing because a lot of times it's been a half game or one and a half and then Milwaukee loses, but not anymore. The Cubs have lost three series in a row for the first time since the opening two and seven start to the baseball season. It is not a very good moment right now. And Joe Madden frustrated with the offense. I know that you are perhaps frustrated with the bullpen. A lot of people are. But Joe Madden frustrated with the offense with some very pointed words after the game yesterday about how he thinks guys are swinging for the fences too much, how they have lost the approach that he had mandated in this kind of nuanced message that had to be put across in spring training And all through the beginning of the year, they have to get that message across again. Going into yesterday's game, they were on an 0 for 23 streak with runners in scoring position. Going into yesterday's game, they were 3 for 33 with runners in scoring position over the previous five games. Yesterday, just four opportunities, one for four. 
They are now four for their last 47 with runners in scoring position. In terms of their overall hitting with runners in scoring position, remember they were number one for a while with runners on and with runners in scoring position in terms of OPS, on base plus slugging, which is, in a shorthand, the best offensive stat that, um, that is easily accessible for, for all of us. A lot of people like WRC plus, that's weighted runs created plus, and that's great too. And perhaps even better, but a little more difficult to understand. Just you could just look at OPS and, and and understand a lot. Anyway, they were top two or three with runners in scoring position for much of the year. They've now fallen to thirteenth overall. They've fallen below eight hundred with that OPS with runners in scoring position. Guys are swinging for home runs too much, but if you ask them, they'll tell you they're not. It's just a very subtle temptation that happens. When you start hitting a few, as they have, they hit two yesterday. Rizzo with a solo shot. Hayward with a solo shot. But th- this, is, this can be what happens, is that the weather warms up. You've hit a few homers. The temptation to swing away and go with your launch increases. And you can't have everybody doing that. You just can't. Not sure how many people stayed up and saw the end. Tyler Chatwood uh, became the pitcher. Uh, Brebia became the pitcher for St. Louis instead of Flaherty and Quintana. They could not continue after the three-hour and 37-minute delay. But I want to talk to you Cub fans right now. I'm curious as to how you feel about things. It's a long year. It should not be panic. That's, that, that's too far. But are you concerned? And what are you most concerned with? Are you concerned as you watch this offense kind of sliding back into uh, some problematic space over the past few weeks or so? Are you concerned? Are you concerned about the bullpen? I know you are. Are you waiting to spend money on Craig Kimbrell after midnight tonight, I believe, is when... uh, they'll no longer need to give up a draft pick for compensation. So Kimbrell and Keuchel could get signed this very week. I bet they will both do so. Or do you want to trade for Shane Green in Detroit? I don't want to trade for Ken Giles in Toronto. I don't trust the makeup. Um, you know, you, you, do, you have, do you have concerns about Hamels, who goes today? About Lester, who's had three bad ones in a row? I don't think you should be concerned about Darvish. We can discuss that, but I, I feel pretty good about you, Darvish, at this point. But here's the number, 312-644-6767. You can text us at 67011. I want to talk Cubs with you and talk about that game from last night. Talk about this series that's underway. 312-644-6767. Text at 67011. You can email the show if you'd like, although I've never given out an email address before, I know. Um, if you'd like to tweet the show, you can do that. At Matt Spiegel 670 or at Hit and Run 670. Let's talk some baseball. The Cardinals have now been given some life and some confidence. This is their first series win since April 30th. They were swept into May at Wrigley when the Cubs swept the Cardinals. And if they win today, they could sweep the Cubs into June. As you bookend of what was a brutal month for the St. Louis Cardinals. 
with a sweep on the front end and potentially a sweep on the back end. We'll see. It's Cole Hamels against Adam Wainwright. Pre-game comes your way at about 12.45 right here on 670 The Score. And Wainwright struck out 10 in his last start. He lost to the Phillies on Tuesday on the road, but he did strike out 10. So that curveball back and working and humming. You know how many times the uh, Cubs struck out last night? 14 times. How many plate appearances there were? 36. 36 plate appearances for the Cubs, 14 strikeouts. That's about 40% of the time they were up last night, they struck out. Can't do it. That same nuanced message that was hammered home in spring training needs to be communicated and stressed again. The, The players must execute better. And the Babip gods must must help out a little bit. It's a long season. It's a long stretch. But seven of nine is not pretty. It's 670 the score. Let's go to your phone calls. This is Joe in Orland Park. Joe, you're on Hit and Run. Good morning. Hey, Spiegs. How are you, buddy? Very good. Thank you. You know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm not as frustrated about the offense as I, as I probably should be right now because I think they're going to they, they're going to do this all year, right? I mean, this is, this is how they are. They're going to be a all-or-nothing offense every once in a while for a week or two. Well, that's what it, that's what it was last year, Joe. Remember, there was so right. much feast or famine, and we had the data to back it up. But this year, there have been stretches where there have been not just homers, but rallies, full-on rallies, moving right. the baseball around, moving guys around the base paths. Not right I, now. I think, I, I, think a lot, I think a lot of this, though, does have to do with the fact that Baez is just not himself. Uh, when Baez is clicking, that offense is clicking, and since that that heel injury, yeah. he hasn't. He, the, the offense hasn't been the same. But uh, but I will say this: I, I'm I'm concerned as to why Kyle Ryan is still it, being used in high leverage situations in the bullpen. I just saw the staff from Tony and Jackie this morning. Hmm. Uh, Twelve hits, eight runs, seven earned in his last seven innings out of the bullpen, and he's given up six runs in 13 appearances in that span. I don't understand why he's still on the team, first off. Hmm. And second off, why is he still being used in high-leverage situations like last night when you're up a run, when you're down a run in the seventh or eighth inning whenever he came in and gave the two homers to, to Fowler and Bader? There is there, the lefties that they trust is an awfully short list. It's, you know, Tim Collins can, will come and go with cups of coffee. Randy Rosario was kind of a revelation last year, but most folks knew it probably wasn't going to last, and he's been up and down. Mike Montgomery is often reserved for, for long relief, or once he's used, there's nobody else. And they thought they found something with Ryan, especially when they lowered his arm slot down, and, and he, mm-hmm. com- he comes at it comes at you from a very weird place in terms of his release point, and that can fool people for a while, but it doesn't like, look like, like it's fooling people like much anymore. Like 2016, then is this, a, is this, and that's the last thing I'll say before I let you go, so like 2000, 2016, this should be then a left-handed reliever or closer that they try to acquire here in the next four weeks. Four to eight weeks, correct? Uh, I, I don't know. Not necessarily. It needs to be a swing and miss closer. It, it, need, it needs to be a swing and miss arm in the back there because they don't have enough of those guys. Um, they need Strope back, which and he will come back, and that will help everybody slot back down. Strope is going to have one more rehab appearance at AAA, and, and, and then he'll be back, and that will help. But they need another swing and miss arm to really lean on. Chatwood is in that mix right now. That's good. But, man, look at good bullpens. Look at good pitching staffs. They have tons of swing and miss, guys. 
Uh, there's a text here talking about bullpen envy and and the Cardinals. I, I don't know. I mean, Giovanni Gallegos, who was very big last night, that's the first time he's been used in in high leverage, and he responded very well. So if you're going to add him to the mix, that's that's something. Andrew Miller was super effective last night, but he has not been for the most part. So don't just watch a couple games of the Cardinals and have full-on bullpen envy because because you're not exactly sure. I'll tell you why I have bullpen envy of, and that's that's the Astros. I mean, I have I have everything envy of the Astros, and that is swing and miss. Whatever they're doing, whatever they're teaching their pitchers at every level, teach that to everybody. They they are the standard bearer in terms of player development for pitching, for pitching development for sure. I heard this stat the other day. I think I mentioned it yesterday on Inside the Clubhouse. I don't care. I'll say it again. Every level of their organization, every level is the leader in its league at strikeouts per nine innings. Every affiliate in the Astros system, that's as of last season, they finished as the leader in strikeouts per nine. This is organizational approach. This is teaching. This is development. This is specific technology that they're using. If you ask Trevor Bauer, it's a sticky substance to increase spin rate. That is that has so far gone undetected. I don't know if that's true, but I'd buy it. I'd buy it because they're doing something. Whatever they're doing, the Cubs, the Cubs need to do more of it. I'll tell you what they're also doing is they're drafting and trading for guys that fit the profile. I mean, it's interesting. I remember talking to somebody about their acquisition of Garrett Cole, and the words were, if, if people had any idea what we looked at in terms of why we chose Garrett Cole to go after, their head would spin. Because teams are looking at stuff that we don't even know about, right? That we don't have much of a, a concept of. No matter how much we read and how much research we do, they've got more. And specific ones like the Astros and the Dodgers and, and the Cubs on some level and some others – you know, ever, they're in this this crazy arms race for technology and intelligence, and 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 some teams are winning, some organizations are winning at it. So I I don't I want to know what the Astros were looking at when they went after Garrett Cole. I think it's carry. It might be carry on the fastball. It it's you know it's it's. Because look at he and Verlander, whatever they've done with he and Verlander, they've they've both improved since they've gone there. You see Verlander last night, eight innings. A.J. Hinch went out last night to talk to Verlander with two outs in the eighth and said, you got anything left in the tank? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll get you. Okay, one more out. And he reared back. This is right after he had walked somebody and it was it was it was looked bad and looked stressful. So he says, you have any more? And Verlander says, yep. I got more. And then he strikes out the final batter of the eighth inning, and that's that. This might be the best Verlander we've ever seen. A guy who's won a Cy Young, finished second, I think, three times, including last year. Verlander's ERA now is, what, under two and a half? Eight strikeouts last night. He passed Cy Young on the all-time strikeout list last night, did Justin Verlander. It's a Hall of Fame career, and he has improved since he went down there. I don't know what they're doing. I want to know. I'm curious. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. 2.27 ERA for Justin Verlander this year. 
His whip is 0.74. That's walks plus hits per innings pitch. That's limiting base runners. 0.74. Come on. Just nasty. Boy, it would have been good if the Cubs got him, huh? But they didn't. They had already traded Eloy and Dylan Cease for Quintana. Then later in the year, Verlander becomes available, and they didn't have enough. Didn't have enough to go get him. That would have been nice. 670 scores where you are. It's hit and run. 312-644-6767 as we're discussing Cubs problems. And we're all over the place. Uh, Joe Ostrowski is going to join us at 1040 and give us the latest on the gambling bill. And we'll talk some of the baseball implications of it as well. It's hit and run right here on the score. You've got hit and run on 670. The score Zach Withers on the other side of the glass. We'll talk to Joe Ostrowski in about 15 minutes. Next hour, Chris Kampka will do his weekly Camp Connections hit, usually in the 9 o'clock hour, but we had Jason Benetti, which was a joy. And also we'll check in on the Cape Cod League and some of the prospects for this upcoming Major League draft, including one of the big White Sox targets, Andrew Vaughn. We'll talk to a broadcaster from the, the Cape League when we get to the eleven fifteen segment or so. But I was mentioning Joe Madden's comments post-game. Listen to Joe, or just listen to the words of Joe as I read them to you. Uh, before that, though, a couple texts right here at 670-11. Here's one. You, still, you think Joe still thinks launch angle is a fad? <laughs> I don't think he believes it's a fad. I do believe that it frustrates him to see a whole team full of guys who swing like that. And don't go to the B-hack as much. He loves Rizzo because Rizzo swings like that and for the fences and goes for his launch and will hit it into the shift sometimes, but will blast it quite a bit with his first two strikes. And then when he gets to two strikes, he shifts up and it becomes a guy who wants to spray the ball around the field. Joe wants everybody to do that. He wants every one of these guys to be able to do that with two strikes and sometimes to be able to do that earlier in the at-bat if the situation warrants it. You know what Joe wants. But does he think launch angle's a fad? No. Is he grumpy about launch angle sometimes? Yes. Joe's a hitting guy, remember. The former uh, roving hitting instructor or, in, or organizational hitting instructor for the, for the Angels. Among many roles, that was one of his big roles. And if you see him even now, he's the guy feeding the pitch machine in batting practice very, very often. He's the guy down there locking in on what his hitters are doing, talking with them. It's been a pleasure to talk hitting with Joe Madden this year. Here's what he had to say after last night's game. As I mentioned, they struck out 14 times last night in 36 plate appearances. They're now four for their last 47 with runners in scoring position. We need to be more reliant on a kind of swarming inning and really cut back on the punch outs. The punch outs are really getting way too heavy. I don't like that. We're not making adjustments into the at bat like we had been earlier in the year. Yes, we're not stringing innings together. It's becoming more reliant on the traditional new baseball methods. There's your grumpiness about launch angle. It's becoming more reliant on the traditional new baseball methods. I want it all. I want to be able to hit home runs. I want to string together innings. And I want to move the baseball and not strike out so much. Joe wants it all. I get it. Sometimes, sometimes you can't have it all. 
With certain guys, you cannot. He knows that that these traditional new ball methods, which is an interesting way to talk about what they're teaching, or everybody's got that contact point out in front of the plate, like David Bodie does, like Justin Turner does. God, pick a Dodger, any Dodger. You watch them launch the balls. When I talk about the Astros and their pitching and the envy I have for their development of pitching, I have that same envy for the Dodgers in terms of hitting. I really do. I have organizational envy of the Dodgers in a, in a number of ways. I've expressed it before. I have Andrew Friedman envy. I know. How can you say that in a Theo Epstein town? How can you say that? Because I think Andrew Friedman's the best in the business. Don't tell Theo I said that, all right? If he's listening, don't tell him. <laughs> or if he's listening, he'll, he will have heard it. If he's not listening, don't tell him. I'm sure he's not listening. But Andrew Friedman, oh my God, what he does. But anyway, there's Joe. There is Grumpy Joe. Entering Saturday, this from Jordan Bastian over on MLB.com. Entering Saturday, the Cubs had scored 50.5% of their runs via home runs. That's the third highest rate in the National League. They're also tied for the third highest total of solo home runs, 52. They had the two solo homers last night. Joe wants more. He wants it all. I get that. I appreciate that. Bottom of the hour is brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Nothing beats championship hockey, and your Chicago Wolves are up one nothing in the Calder Cup Finals. The Wolves host Charlotte next week at Allstate Arena. Enjoy free parking, courtesy of Kia. For playoff information, visit chicagowolves.com. Some other texts coming in at 670-11. I think my biggest concerns are not with the Cubs' offense overall, but situationally. Definitely concerns with the bullpen. But I feel as though they pitch better whenever they have rest. Yeah, those bullpen guys are not, not very rested. He, he keeps having to go to them, and he keeps shuffling when he goes to them. Guys are outside of their routines. And it's not that bullpen by committee is, is something that will always fail. I don't believe that. But I do believe that when guys are being bounced around this much, and one day Tyler Chatwood's a long man. One day he's high leverage late. And Steve Ciszek warms up and he doesn't exactly know when he's going to come in. And you don't want to bring him. And then you do bring him. When Montgomery doesn't know whether he's long or short, it can be frustrating to these guys. It can absolutely affect their performance. This text, they miss Zobrist's approach to at-bats. Absolutely they do. Absolutely. That's another guy who would give you a very good at-bat, sometimes swinging early in the at-bat. You know, he would try to ambush you on that first pitch when he thinks you're going to throw him a fastball, but a lot of other times he'd work the count very, very deep and try to pull with power if the opportunity presented itself, but at his best, happily slap it all over the field as need be. They miss it, and I don't think it's coming back. I don't think Ben's coming back. Why Carlos, Carlos Gonzalez is here in, in the minors trying to work through it. Speaks, at what point do we just have to accept a Brandon Morrow-less season this year? Am I in denial and thinking he could actually help this year? Boy, I, I don't want to tell you you're in flat-out denial. It, it's come to the point, though, where I'm going to have to see Brandon Morrow in a Cubs uniform and active on the, on the active roster before I believe that he will ever pitch again. It's it's just I I don't see I don't see how you can trust that he's going to come back. 
as I'm reading through some of the injury updates on the bullpen guys the other day, and I'm seeing, and Brandon Morrow is still throwing on flat ground. <laughs> okay. He, he, he's still throwing on flat ground. Someday he'll add a mound to it. And then I, I'm just, I'm biding my time until the next Brandon Morrow setback. It's sad, but that's the way it feels. Mike is in crown point and Mike is on 670 the score. What's up, Mike? I just played some ball my day and I've, I've seen it change over the years. I think this bullpen rest thing is a psychological thing. I don't know how you need to be rested. You go out and throw six pitches and you're pulled from a game. You can't pitch for five days? No. It's, not, it's nonsense. That's, uh, that, that's a very drastic and bizarrely random example you've, you're giving. No five days. Nobody's saying that. Six pitches. Is, nobody's saying that. Also, warming up counts if you're in there for more than an inning. Like, there's a lot of specifics here, Mike. Well. I don't, <laughs> sorry, I didn't give him a chance to, to expound on his, his random and drastic instance. Thank you, though, for the call. The bottom of the hour is brought to you by GetOnBoardIL.org. Tired of slow zones and delays in your commute on the bus or train? Make your voice heard at GetOnBoard. GetOnBoardIL.org. Tell your statewide elected officials to invest in transit. Better funding means better rides. Um, Last night, the guy who pitched the ninth inning for the Cardinals, Carlos Martinez. Carlos Martinez. Jordan Hicks had gone two nights in a row, including two innings the night before. Martinez just went three nights in a row. I think that's only the second time this year. Boy, that is a big, big arm to be able to have in the absence of Jordan Hicks, and he knew he had the ninth. This is Matt on the south side on 670 The Score. What's up, Matt? Nothing. I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit. You made a comment about the Dodgers' development of hitting, but I think what goes um, a little bit undersold is their development of you know high impact in pitching. You know, Bueller has been unbelievable. Uh, they have Dustin May down at AAA, who I think sounds like he projects to be every bit as good as Bueller. And then uh, Julio Urias, another guy. Yeah. Uh, that that really could project in the top half of rotation. Yeah, they're they're loaded still in the system. I have organizational envy for, for what they have done with their money, the way that they've approached things financially. Now, they have infinite money, which is very nice, but Andrew Friedman has brought a fiscal responsibility that he developed in Tampa Bay out of necessity. He's brought it to L.A. There's a great piece by Bill Plunkett of the Orange County Register, who has been on this show before, uh, when the Dodgers went to Tampa last week and played there. Um, it was an article on how Andrew Friedman... Had he, he said he had essentially shaken up his baseball snow globe when he went from Tampa to L.A. And if you look at some of the ways they've utilized their, their infinite money, it's been very, very interesting. I'm sure it's not infinite, but they have a lot of it. You, you remember what their offer was to Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper went to Philly for, was it 13 years and 330, I think, for Bryce Harper? You remember what the offer was in, uh, from the Dodgers? Four years, $180 million. So 45 mil a year. That's a lot, but just four years. The contract that they gave to A.J. Pollock this year is the biggest one that Friedman has given. So they'll go and get free agents, but they will uh, spend at their terms, and their terms usually means short, short years, increase the flexibility. Very, very interesting stuff that they do out there. All right, it's 670 the score. Um, the gambling bill is, is being debated right now down in Springfield. Let's get the very latest on where things stand from our man in Springfield, who has been there for several days, 
and may one day be allowed to come home. The score's Joe Ostrowski joins us next on Hit and Run. You're listening to Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Boy, this show's been hosted by a lot of people through the years. It began with George Offman. If you ever see George at a ballpark, ask him. He'll tell you all about it. Last year, it was some guy named Barry Rosner and the great Joe Ostrowski. And Joe joins us right now on the Alpimonte Ford hotline. Alpimonte Ford, 500 new and used vehicles to choose from. Joe, welcome back to your show that is now mine that was yours. How are you? I would say that it feels a little weird being on the score on a Sunday morning, but I don't know what day it is, Matt. (laughs) You are still in Springfield. How many days so far in Springfield, and when will you ever come home? So I arrived later on Thursday. The hope is that this gets voted on by the Senate sometime tonight. The expectation is that the session will resume at 3 o'clock, so it has to go through the committee. Then it would go to the floor, and then they would vote on this. Everybody wants to go home. This this has never happened before where the spring session goes into June. And, of course, I'm experiencing it, a little Schuster in me, for the very first time ever. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, at some point, I'll, I'll take that awful drive through Champaign and back home to Tinley Park. Oh, my God. Um, so so d- dumb it down. Um, for people and for me a little bit in terms of where we stand, they, they've been arguing over legalizing sports gambling. I, 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 dumb it down in terms of what is being argued specifically. And as you say, it might have resolution tonight. Yeah, well, the big fight that was going on over the last couple of weeks and last weekend, you probably saw the commercials during Cubs and White Sox baseball was about DraftKings and FanDuel against Rivers. They were able to come up with some sort of a compromise Rivers Casino owner Neil Bloom does not want DraftKings and FanDuel to have a sports betting license because he owns Sugar House out in New Jersey. And out in Jersey, FanDuel and DraftKings have just dominated the market. They've controlled 80% of the market out there. So they've been trying to keep DraftKings and FanDuel out. The compromise is this. FanDuel and DraftKings, in the first year and a half, they can partner up with sports books that will exist in casinos, racetracks, sports venues, which we'll get to in just a moment. They can partner up, but they can't buy their own license until a year and a half from now, and that is when the three online-only licenses will be available, and those are going to cost $20 million each. Wow. So those, And when those become available, those are expected to go to whom, Joe? That's a good question. The Illinois board is going to take care of that. You know, FanDuel will bid, DraftKings will bid. I've heard of other companies. If this is lucrative for the first year and a half, you, you know there's going to be a lot of companies willing to jump in. Hmm. <laughs> Big business, sports betting, the explosion right now, $20 million isn't a lot to a lot of companies. Yeah, no, understood. Um, I saw that uh, there has been some progress on this idea of whether gambling will be allowed within the stadiums. Um, And I saw that even there's progress today based on Lori Lightfoot's comments. Can you shed some light there? Yeah, it came out on Friday night that she was upset about the sports venues aspect, that you would be allowed to bet in the stadiums, meaning you would have sports books in and and or around the stadiums because she's getting her massive mega casino in Chicago, wherever she wants to put it. I don't know if it's going to be downtown. 
just to understand how large the Chicago casino is going to be mm-hmm. if this goes through and the, it goes up. The mega, it, it, the mega casino. It's unbelievable. Go ahead. Mega casino. There's, they say it can have up to 4,000 gaming positions. The 10 riverboat casinos in Illinois, the max is 1,200. Okay? Wow. She's going to have 4,000 gaming positions and all of the casinos already operating in the state and the five other new ones will be up to 2,000 gaming positions. So she was concerned that if people are going to sign up and register for sports betting at these stadiums, it would take revenue away from the casino. Wow. Um, do, we, do we know where they're talking about doing that? I know Rahm Emanuel had talked about, I believe, the far, far southeast side um, but like, like Hegwish and such, but, but I don't, I don't know exactly where we might end up at this point. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's been the question. I've, that's something I've been asking a bunch of people and they're going to try and figure it out. I mean, speaks with all of these locations, it's pretty obvious what they're trying to do. They're, they're trying to build a wall. Let's build a wall. So people stop driving to Indiana to uh, gamble. Mm, it's it, so, so Joe paint, paint me a picture of what life might be like. Eventually, if you're at a ball game at Wrigley or at guaranteed rate in this state in the coming years, like what what might it be like in terms of accessibility and and opportunities to play along with the game? Spigs, if this goes through and Governor Pritzker will sign a bill if this gets to him. So it goes through the Senate tonight and it goes to Governor Pritzker next and he would sign it. We're. Chicago is going to be the first place in the country to have sports books inside the stadiums. Now, I don't know if it's going to start there, if teams are kind of dip their toe in the water and maybe around the stadiums, but I, I fully expect that to be the case. So there are going to be seven licenses available for $10 million a piece. Here's the seven locations. Wrigley, Guaranteed Rate, Soldier Field, United Center, uh, the Fire Stadium, Joliet Speedway, and a racetrack in Metro East down in Southern Illinois. Hmm. So we're going to have sports books. I mean, think about $10 million bucks, Speaks. That's two Kinslers. That's half of what Hayward <laughs> is getting, half of what Darvish is getting this uh-huh. season. It's, it's two, a drop, yeah, it's drop two, in the two, two years of Joe Madden's deal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then, it's five years of the next manager. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's very possibly true. See, that that's, that's the kind of thing I'm imagining. I'm imagining... If you are an organization that has struggled with attendance, right, that on your concourse, you'll be able to go and place bets right there within the stadium, that there'll be an app that you can use maybe on a closed web circuit right there that's within the stadium alone. Because it, 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 I think it's going to be within five, a five-block radius, right, uh, yes. that you're going to be able to do stuff. But anyway, you'll be sitting there on an app, or maybe it's, maybe it's a screen that's at your seat in a specific section, and you can go in there and bet on something from inning to inning to inning, at bat to at bat to at bat. You could, you could bet on uh, it, it, like infinite amounts of things within a baseball game. And, and I don't like that idea personally as a baseball lover and as a guy who doesn't need that stuff, but it's stuff that you talk about all the time anyway. It's all there and potentially accessible in this scenario. Well, speaks the five-block radius eliminates competition. Hmm. So you can't have a sports book pop up in the five block radius of these stadiums. But th- think bigger, because this is a question that I've been uh, trying to get an answer to. So at the racetracks and casinos that are going to have sports books, you're mm-hmm. going to go up, 
go in there, you sign up, you register, now you're good to go. It's on your phone. So let's say they have it at Wrigley Field. Does that mean you go and register at Wrigley? Now, you were just talking about betting in the stadium. Right. But what about going home and betting on the NFL in the fall? Can I have my Wrigley Field app and continue to put money on that app hmm. and bet th- through that Wrigley app on the Bears on Sunday? Wow. I guess I guess you could. If I mean, would, would the teams themselves have to work it out? Or maybe leagues would get proprietary about only being able to bet on their teams through their app. Right? Yeah, I was... I was talking last night with State Rep Zalewski about this, and he's been one of the main sponsors throughout this entire process. And he said, given the Bears for an example, they would have to go through the league, but with their situation over at Soldier Field, they would also have to go through the Park District and work it out. I got you. Uh, Joe Ostrowski is our guest. He is live down there in Springfield, and he will never, ever, ever come home. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is the plan, whether whether he knows it or not. What else did you learn from the state rep? Because I saw you tweeting a bunch of things that really shed some light on, on the situation. Um, can I also add something about just the baseball aspect? Oh, please, please. Something let's, I've noticed. Let's stay there. Absolutely, please. Well, well, you know, we're in this immediate gratification world that we're in now, and Rob Manfred, it's clear what he wants. He, he's always talking about improving the pace of play, and now we see the pitch clocks in the stadium, even though they aren't quite enforcing them yet. And, and he's talked for years about grabbing that younger fan and just keeping that younger fan. And he worked out a deal back in 2015 with DraftKings, and they became a gaming partner last year with MGM um, to work out a deal as far as sports betting goes. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, I'm immersed in the sports betting world, so the craze that I see with Major League Baseball betting is first inning, is there going to be a run or not? People find out if they win or lose their bet immediately, and some check out and some stay around. Uh, the the big bet now is first five. A lot of people just bet on the first five innings. Hmm. Now you're removing, for the most part, the bullpen. any concerns about the bullpen. And, of course, live wagering. I, I know people all the time. The Cubs go down three, four runs early or middle of the game. They're going to jump on the Cubs as a heavy underdog every single time because of what that offense can do. So, so the commissioner is very happy about what's going on throughout the country with legalization of sports betting and it, and baseball stands it stands to help baseball as much as any sport out there well and baseball needs the help so so you'll see it happen a those are some really interesting bets. So staying in the first five innings, that lets you use the starting pitchers as, as a big part of your template for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, you know, you talk about as soon as you go down, they have these stats that are available, the, you know, win probability, right? I mean, you're, yes. you're watching that go on, and that is – so it's like betting a second half over under or something in the NBA, but it's a lot more advanced than that using models and – and scanning situations for for a lot of seasons, probably. Well, and remember what Crane Kenny said before the start of the season when discussing the Cubs network for next season. They said they're exploring having a TV option just yep. for sports wagering. And if there's a sports book at, at Wrigley Field, you better believe. I would think that they're going to have a broadcast somewhere that caters to that fan. Yeah, without a doubt. And I know other broadcast entities have been talking about that as well. And I think what would be good about that uh, on, a, on many levels, Joe, it'll create a bunch of jobs for people in, in our business looking at you. <coughs> <Australia>. <laughs> 
Um, and, and also, I think if you have a dedicated feed for that, a second feed for that, it can keep it uh, to itself. And you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about, say, Lennon JD working all of that in. There'll be some promos to read and things like that. But I think you can have a dedicated feed that is just for the gamblers. I wonder if that happens in other sports, like in, in, if there's a soccer feed specifically for it in England or Ireland. Options are a great thing. It's actually already happened a little bit in the NBA. I think the Wizards started doing uh, some of that stuff this year. It, with the, They'd have different um, stuff on the screen for betters, mm-hmm. live wagering, okay, over-under on points here, rebounds here, yeah. and let you know as things are going through the game. Yeah, You ever watch, I remember one time watching the Super Bowl, we, we used to do this thing where we'd have, we'd have poker chips. Like, I'll put in 20 bucks, give me 20 poker chips. And then as the game goes on, in the room, as you're drinking, um, you bet on absolutely anything. I think there will be a sack on this next series. The Patriots will get a sack. Five bucks. Who's got me? And somebody runs over and gets you. Like the, oppor- the opportunity to bet on something at a moment's notice, especially in a baseball game. I think the Cubs will score a run in this inning. I think Baez will double between the sixth and the ninth. Those yes. ca- right? It's, it's insane. How many times have you sat on your couch and maybe you call it once out of a thousand? Yeah. You know, like Farmer calls it, you know, every inning, a home run. And then you get a home run. <laughs> and then you're like, see, I told you. I should. <laughs> you're going to have the opportunity. Yeah. On your phone at the game to make that bet. You think Baez is going deep in this at bat? Right. Okay, you can get it at ten to one. How about virtual mound ball? You ever play mound ball when you go to the ballpark, yes. Joe? Yes. Like you right. just you have the cup and you pass it around. Everybody puts a dollar <laughs> in the cup every half inning, and then if the ball ends up on the mound as the pitcher runs off, somebody gets the cup. Though I can see the graphics right now of how you play mound ball when you're watching the game alone. We need to open our own sports book up. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it will be. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. Thanks, Beeks. All right, man. It's Joe Ostrowski down there in Springfield. 670, the score is where you are. It's hit and run. Phone lines are open if you want to talk about the Cubs, about the White Sox, about the gambling and the baseball implications. Um, we're going to talk some draft also next hour. And, and I want to tell you my favorite baseball story of the weekend. So we'll do that before we get out of here. Also, Chris Kamka with Cam Connections coming up in an hour on 670 The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.